Hey, what is up, guys? Uh, it is the Trivia Guy. Thanks for uh, tuning into another episode of The Issue. Check us out Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, if you like the show, awesome. Tell a friend. Um, spread it out. Spread out word of mouth here. Um, if not, just relax. It's not a big deal. Don't tell a friend. Go about your day. Um, but hey, check out our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast or our Twitter is just at the issue podcast. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is the issue. It is Saturday, October 3rd, uh, back with a Saturday special. Uh, sorry we couldn't get you guys really any episodes this week. Uh, we hit our Monday one, and that's yeah, about it. It's been, a, it's been a crazy week, you know, midterms, projects. You yeah, know, after all, we just, still are in school, still trying to piece of you know, together. <laughs> yeah, trying to get trying to get a degree. So, um, yeah, we've just had, like I said, midterms, projects, papers, you know, Pretty sure everyone listening is either in college or has been through college, so they understand. Yeah, we have a lot of Um, younger listeners in the 18 to 22 bracket, so uh, you guys probably feel our pain on that one. Yeah, it's been been a rough one. And then, you know, between balance and work and jobs, all that. So I'm sorry we haven't been able to get to you guys this week, but hey, Hey, it's going to be a good Good, uh, good Saturday special. No, yeah, and uh, just a little sh- reminder to you guys: if you want, uh, you know, more consistent episodes, um, you know, tell people to listen. We get to a couple thousand listeners, might not have to do our regular job. That is true. So, uh, no, but without uh, getting into that any further, we got a lot to cover. Uh, we missed that Monday night game. We didn't. Well, we predicted for it, but we never got to cover uh, what happened. Mahomes, Lamar. That's how we're going to start the episode. But then we're going to yeah. get into uh, Thursday night thoughts. Um, we tossed our prediction up on um, Twitter and Instagram on Thursday night, uh, just as that game was getting started. Um, and we were 100% right, but we'll get to that. Yeah, and then the MLB postseason we'll get to a little later, and then we'll get you guys the Sunday predictions for this week. So don't think uh, we're forgetting you guys too much. So uh, we're going to be back on our normal schedule here. Absolutely, and um, without further ado, let's just jump right into it, right? So yeah. I'm as big uh, of a fan as anyone of, of Lamar. Especially now that he's on my fantasy team, guys. Like I want him to succeed, and even if I do rip on him, it's because he's so young and so great. It's almost like um, how the best player always gets coached the hardest. You know, yeah. You you always critique the best player. How, how come LeBron's easily the best player in the league and probably easily the best player since Michael Jordan? Yet there's so many critics because when you're the best, people criticize you. And so when I criticize Lamar, it's not because I hate him. It's not because I don't think he's great. I still think he's a top five quarterback. I think he within the next three, four years, could be a top two quarterback. You know, I think eventually once Russ starts declining here in about five, six years, I think Lamar will take over that spot, and he's still ascending for sure. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, he has a long way to go. If you think about this, guys, it's not like, yeah, he was an MVP, and yeah, he looked good throwing the ball last year. But who, who's to say that wasn't, I don't want to say an anomaly, but, guys, look at his college stats. He wasn't a great thrower of the football. He was a dynamic runner, but he was always a runner first. He He's still working on developing his pass game. It's almost like Josh Allen. Um, Josh Allen is still developing at an insane rate. He wasn't that good at Wyoming. He wasn't that good in his first year to two years in the league. Now he's starting to put it all together. He's starting to be able to read defense. He's starting to be able to feel more comfortable in the pocket. Um, you even look at a guy like Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was a – college wide receiver his first I think two years and then he ended up switching to quarterback yeah 
So he's still even learning the position. I mean, and I think yeah. that's part of what you're seeing with Lamar. I'm not saying he's learning the position. He's been a quarterback since high school, you know. But the the real um, dynamic, uh, high level throwing the football end of being a quarterback, he's still working on. Um, and I, I I think we can see that now, and I think we can see that that's what's separating him from being a top two to three quarterback in the league right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's why he's more four or five. I would put him as a top three football player, but quarterback, I, I, I like Ross. I like Patrick Mahomes. And, and right now I'm, I'm looking at Deshaun Watson or even Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking they're better. Carson Wentz not anymore, but I, I just think he, he still has some room to go. And I think he was exploited on that. Yeah. Um, when he has to throw, when everyone in the world knows he's going to throw, that's when he's at his worst, and that's a, that's a big problem. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I mean, you bring up a guy like Josh Allen. Josh Allen didn't have exactly, I don't want to say the silver spoon in his mouth that Lamar did, but he, he kind of did compared to Josh Allen. Uh, Lamar was a guy that had a lot of offers out of high school and went to Louisville and played very well. Well, I, yeah, I, uh, I agree. Josh Allen had one offer coming out of high school, and that was a junior college. He went there for two years and then transferred to Wyoming. Well, yeah, and then um, you look at you look at uh, most NFL quarterbacks. Look at where guys are from. You know, Joe Flacco was from Delaware. You know, Big Ben was from Miami of Ohio. Brady was a sixth-round pick out of Michigan. You know, you're not getting a lot of these guys who are from Alabama and, and Clemson. The only guy from Clemson is Deshaun Watson. But before that, I don't know if you guys have noticed, they missed on all of them. Taj Boyd was supposed to be really good. Sucked. Okay. So it's not always from these big schools. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why Josh Allen's now starting to come into his own here. He yeah. was always used to being uncomfortable you know he never had the best offensive line in Wyoming he never had the best weapons and now he's starting to realize hey look I have an offensive line I have really good weapons all you do is distribute the ball take care of the ball mm-hmm. and you're seeing his interceptions have gone down his pass rating has gone up um but I, I anyway back to Lamar and Mahomes I think that game was a an easy thing to see why Mahomes is so good and it shows the gap between Mahomes and Lamar. Yeah. Should we go back to our predictions uh, for that? Oh, uh, you know what? So <laughs> I predicted the Ravens because I still think the Ravens have a better all-around roster. But I also want to say that I did say that the betting is just going to start getting the Mahomes effect. You know, Brady was an underdog like twice in 20 years. And I think Mahomes is going to start getting that effect. Um, and I think he's now going to start having that effect on games itself, not even just betting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Brady's won plenty of games with a far less talented roster. And I'm, I'm not saying Mahomes' that roster is far less talented, but I would say more well-rounded, more depth, definitely goes to Baltimore. Um, but the difference was Patrick Mahomes. The difference was the cleverness of Andy Reid. Um, did anyone else see the shovel pass to, to the fullback? Or how about throwing it to the, to the eligible left tackle? I mean, it was genius. It, it was absolutely genius. And I... I I don't want to say it's it's John Harbaugh's fault because he's done an incredible job building this roster around Lamar and around Lamar's strengths. Um, you, know, you look at Lamar's strengths, he wants to run the football. He wants to check it down to to um, the tight ends, Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle, when they had Hayden Hurst. And then occasionally get over the top to Hollywood Brown. So they have perfectly fit this roster to fit his skills. Um, he, he could throw a decent deep ball. doesn't throw a lot of zip with accuracy on it. Um, when he's got to push the ball into some really tight windows across the middle of the field, it's not his strength. Um, like I said, he likes to dump the tight ends over the top a little bit, and, and it's a power-running scheme. So I think John Harbaugh has done a good job 
But I think it's a mixture of just the greatness of Patrick Mahomes and the greatness of Andy Reid. They yeah. got they simply got out coached. Like I said, the shovel pass to Anthony Sherman was insane. Um, the throw to the to the left tackle was was awesome for a touchdown. So it's finding clever ways to just get different guys involved. Yeah. Um, with also having the same amazing raw talent of Patrick Mahomes to just bail you out on times where it sometimes doesn't work. Right. I remember seeing the play. It was like third and like sixteen. Mahomes gets the snap, evades a couple defenders, and then sees the corner coming untouched at him, takes like three steps backwards, plants his foot, and just launches it <laughs> like 63 yards. And McCole Hardman's right there for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that. You, no one can do that. No. no one can do that off their back foot, backpedaling, plant their foot, and just chuck one. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes had 134 QBR. 134 against that defense. 385 passing yards, four touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown that he added to it. So five touchdowns for Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, he's ridiculous. Completes 73.8% of his passes. And then you flip it over to the Ravens side and you see Lamar Jackson, 53% completion percentage, 97 yards, one touchdown, four sacks, 73 rating. The thing that also hurt me was the two fumbles and the one fumble lost for, for um, Lamar. And the thing that hurts is. When, you know, the four-letter word, you know, we'll go poop. Um, when 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 poop hits the fan, you should be able to count on Lamar's rushing. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, yardage-wise, I guess you were able to, but when you're losing fumbles and not scoring touchdowns, yeah, that's a problem, yeah. and it's tough to count on that. Especially when even your rushing game wasn't even doing that well. I mean, Mark Ingram, only seven touches for only 30 yards, averaging 4.3 a carry. And an eleven yard long. Guys, so. Gus Edwards though, I don't know why they don't feed this guy more. Um, I mean, look, in three games, he's averaged four point three yards of carry, seven point three yards of carry, nine point eight yards of carry, and he's only had eighteen carries on the year. Why? Well, I mean, hey, I'm all for you. I know you got to feed the big name and and Mark Ingram. You don't want to make him unhappy. You got to get the rookie involved as well. But this should be your feature back right now. Mm-hmm. You got to feed the hot hand. When it's running back by committee, you have to feed the hot hand. And Gus Edwards has been the hot hand. I mean, he's averaging, I mean, I don't know, do the math here. What, nine, 9.8, 7.3, 4.3? He's averaging probably about seven yards a carry almost. We got a calculator in studio for us. Yep, 7.1. 7.1 yards a carry. What <laughs> I mean, dude, give the ball to this guy. Um, but anyway, I, I wouldn't look too much into it. I think the Ravens are still going to go 14-2, and 13-3. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I still think they might even be the number one seed over the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs could still even drop a couple games. Um, I think they're going to be the one and two seeds. I don't even think that's really all that disputable. I think maybe the Bills could sneak in there, but I don't know. They're both going to make the playoffs. They're both going to be contenders. They're both going to be really good teams. But this is definitely a wake-up call for Baltimore. they got to get it together. They have to figure out a way to beat Mahomes and the Chiefs. I get it's a matchup issue. That's what coaching's for. Coaching has to get in the film room. Lamar's got to get in there with them. The leaders have to be there. They have to watch film. They got to know how to exploit that Chiefs team, and they haven't figured it out so far. That's what they need to do if they want to get to that next step. Because I mean, they're gonna have to go through Kansas City. Yeah, that, I was just gonna say, barring an incredible upset yeah. by like another Tennessee team, which probably will never happen. You have to. I mean, the, you, you have to figure out a way to get through them if you want to get to the to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and if you're playing for, for division titles, then you're not playing for the right reason. Yeah, especially for a team like the Ravens, who do have one of the best chances to win the Super Bowl. I'd say this year, I'd say they're definitely number two out of the AFC that I would pick. But like you're saying, man, 
if they want to get to the Super Bowl, the road through the playoffs is going to run right through Kansas City. Look, Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere. He just no. signed a 12-year deal. Yeah. And so. he's shown the ability to be pretty durable. Yeah, he got a little bit banged up. He missed, what, like four games? Still won the Super Bowl. It's not like it yeah. affected anything. Yep. Okay, Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere. You have better. to. Oh, he's getting in so much better. He's getting better, and he's going to be one of the, I'd say, the most dominant quarterback in the AFC. Oh, I, I he agree. I think right he's going to be he's the most dominant quarterback in the yes. league. I would yeah. say the only other thing is uh, is Russell Wilson. Yeah, and I mean, like you said a couple minutes ago, I mean, it's probably going to be five or six years till he even starts to decline. He's and even then, I'll still take I'll still take like a, uh, I'll I'll still take seventy percent of Russell Wilson over about uh, he seventy percent of Russell Wilson is still a top eight quarterback in this league, and yeah, that's, that's the incredible that's part a about top it. Five possibly. I mean, that's the incredible part yeah. about it because I think once Ross ages, he's going to start to div, um, like alter his game a little bit. You saw Brady; he used to be able to push the ball downfield. Mm. He used to be not a gunslinger, but he used Brady's. to be able to just sling the ball. Yep. Now he's much more methodical, and he's more a little bit more careful. Mm. Um, and so I think I think you're going to see Ross develop a little bit of that, but. Uh, yeah, so some takeaways just to, to sum up um, that Monday night game. Patrick Mahomes set himself way apart as the easily the best quarterback in the AFC, probably the best quarterback in the league right there with Ross. Yep. They're like 1A and 1B, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Um, and then it also showed that Lamar and the Ravens have a lot of work to do, but they're still a good team. Yeah. Um, and then we want to just briefly touch on the abysmal game that we watched disgrace of an NFL game that was that Thursday night game. Yeah. Um, we had the privilege of watching this one together, uh, at a restaurant and, you know, luckily I couldn't hear the audio to get mad at probably the announcers that were trying to talk up the jets a little bit. (laughs) Um, Um, it was a terrible game. The jets lost what 37, 28, something like that. Darnold belongs on a better team. I, I, I agree. I agree. And, I heard Juju say something that actually is intriguing, and I think – well, first of all, let's talk about the game first, and we'll get to that because it's, that's probably the biggest headline out of the, that team right now. Yeah. Um, Let me find that. I'll okay, yeah, so too. the Broncos 37-28. to 28. Yeah, like I said. Um, let me just a little box score reading here. Brett Ripon didn't look bad in his uh, first NFL start. 19 for 31 for 242, two touchdowns, which I really liked. Yeah. Um, three interceptions, though. Got to clean that up. But overall, I think for his first start, he didn't look bad. He won the game for him. He gave him a chance to win the game. Not too terrible. Um, I, I also think um, Melvin Gordon was was pretty much the, the sole reason they won the game. Yeah. Two, uh, two touchdowns, 107 yards rushing, mm-hmm. added 11 yards uh, receiving. Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, and uh, – this guy, this fellow named Tim Patrick, kind of no one really knows who he is, but I had a really good game, six catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But Sam Darnold did not look good. No. But I also will preface that by saying he has no one else on his team. He led the team in rushing by over double. Frank Gore went for 13, 13 carries for 30 yards. Sam Darnold rushed it six times for 84 yards and a touchdown. I feel like at this point Sam Darnold's in a tryout. He's in he a trial for a second opportunity. Yeah. I mean, the Jets are – I don't think that's going to be his forever team. I think he moves, if not this year, possibly the year after. I um, think he should. Uh, if he wants – I mean, I think, honestly, he could be a top 10 quarterback in the league if he's surrounded by the right pieces. I couldn't agree more. I mean, his arm strength is 
right where it needs to be to be top of the league. I mean, I think everybody's seen that highlight of him rolling and then throwing back across his body, like just a laser 40 yards downfield perfectly. No, he's a very talented quarterback. And not only is he talented, he's a he's a grown-up in the room. Yeah, and he can move his feet, as we he's saw. A, he's six, a smart – Six yeah. rushes for 84 yards. You had more – He's mobile. Than, he's got a strong enough arm to make all the throws. Yeah. It's not a top, you know, eight eight arm in the league, but it's a good arm. No, yeah. It's definitely above average, I would say. He can make all the throws. He can run. Um, he's smart. He's a grown up in the room. He's got pretty much everything you look you look for. Inconsistency is a little bit of an issue. Yeah. But to be honest with you, I think good coaching fixes that right away. But I mean, you also see he didn't have much of an offensive line. No, Jamison six times. Jamison Crowder is his best receiver. Come yeah. on, guys. So I mean, Jamison Crowder is a nice receiver. Yeah, he's not a number one receiver. No. Um, but uh, anyway, so I, I wanted to talk about this because it's the most int- intriguing thing out of either of these teams right now. Juju Smith-Schuster said something. I love Ben Roethlisberger. So was, I don't know the direct quote. It's something I like Ben. I love Ben, but I would love to have Darnold here maybe in a year, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually, he's like, he's like I, Sam's my guy. I would love to have Sam here. That's interesting because I know Ben says he wants to play for Lombardi's and, you know. We don't know what Father Time is gonna is gonna incur upon Big yeah. Ben's body. I mean, he said after week one, it felt like he was in a train wreck. The next day, it felt like he was in a car accident. And the, the next, next day, day felt, felt like he fell off a bike. Yeah, but and like, I'm like, all right, well, you already fell off a bike, so you wouldn't know what that feels like. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, I had to go there. Huh? Yeah, I had to go there. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I like Ben as much as the next guy, but at some point, his time's gonna be up. And so, say this year, you know, Darnold plays through in New York. Ben plays through here. I'm just spitballing here, but what if what if Darnold, we get Darnold in the offseason, or whenever his contract's up, whenever, if they move off of him, whenever he's a free agent, because I don't think he's worth giving up picks when you still have a quarterback. Yeah. Worth picks or players. I don't think he's worth that. No. But if he's a free agent, you could probably get him for like $20 million a year. And I think he'd be great. Even less, maybe. Even if he's not the piece that Pittsburgh wants to move on to as a, their full-time quarterback after Ben, he'd at least be great for be, a, a one or two bridge year. I think it would someone. be – I think it's worth a shot. Yeah. So you sign him for one year for even if it's like 10 to $13 million a year. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Right. Because, I mean, what are your other options? Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges? No, those aren't your options. Neither is Josh Dobbs no. either. So – I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy. And so, it's, like I said, say we get Darnold this offseason, and then Ben comes back another year. So, Darnold sits behind Ben on a two year deal. Just to learn. And then he has that one year to all to himself. System. Yeah. If he shows out, boom, you sign him again. If not, sick, you move off him, you get closure, you could say you tried. But he's at least a quarterback that could probably get you he's, to the playoffs. He's a proven quarterback. He was a top, he was a, he was a high pick. So, you know the talent's there. He'd have a great defense on the other side of the ball in Pittsburgh. He would have more pieces and more weapons than he does in New York. Um, so, I mean, definitely. I don't think Juju's crazy. I don't think Juju's no. crazy. I think it brought up a really good talking point. And uh, I'm not I mean, sure right now the timing's right, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't write it off. All I'm saying is we're not like, if you don't look up the end of the year and the Steelers aren't like 11 and five with, with Ben 10 and six with this roster, maybe start looking. I don't think it would be insane to at least give it a look, even if you let him sit for a year as a backup. Or even go and try to grab a quarterback this offseason in the draft. Because, honestly, I don't think there's going to be too much of a market for him. If you look around the league, not a lot of teams need a quarterback. And the teams that do need a quarterback are probably going to address it in the best quarterback draft in the last decade. Yes, yep. So there's not going to be a huge market for Sam Donald. So you could get him on the very cheap, 
And with him having the expectation going in that he's probably going to have to sign for a backup deal for one year, like yeah. a Jameis Winston is trying to do right now, like a Teddy Bridgewater did last but year. But I think he's more talented than those two. No, I agree, but I'm saying that's the type of deal. he. I think that's the mindset he's going to go in. Teddy Bridgewater knew he was a backup. He knew, but he just said, look, if I get my opportunity, I'm going to show out, hopefully get a starting job. And it worked out. He got three years, $60 million. Yeah. So I, I think mean, that's what Jameis is trying to do this year at the same in New Orleans as well. And I think, um, I think it's like I said, there's not going to be a huge market for him. No, he will probably, I mean, you could definitely Sam, Sam's a smart guy. Sam Darnold is a very smart kid. I think he's going to know going in, look, I'm probably going to have to sign for a backup deal. So it's okay. If he's a backup for a year behind Ben, he can learn the system. Ben can mentor him a little bit. I know Ben's not the best mentor. Ben's a little bit prickly. When I mean, when, Mason Rudolph got drafted. He's like, I'm not teaching him anything. Okay, fine. But, I mean, I think with a guy like Sam Darnold, much more talented. Towards the later part of Ben's career, because we drafted Mason Rudolph, what, two years ago now? Ben thought he still had more in the tank. I think at this point he's a little bit more real with himself, knowing, Uh hey, you know, maybe I should start helping out the team for the next 10 years. I mean, listen, even uh, Brett Favre didn't want to help Aaron Rodgers learn anything. He was a little bit uh, butthurt about Aaron Rodgers getting drafted and coming into Green Bay. So, I mean, you get that with older veteran guys that, that are, you know, want to keep their spot. They've had that spot on the team for years and years. Uh, they're not going to want to give it up to some new guy that, you know, they feel outshined by. But uh, that's probably about all we're going to touch on there. I do want to hit on the NFL just a little bit more. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to we'll get um, to the NFL a little bit more in the second segment, but uh we're gonna hit some MLB. Yeah. Update on the MLB postseason guys. Our San Diego Padres are moving on to the NLDS. That's my team. I'm pulling for them now. Oh my God, yeah. Um so they, they win the series two to one. They lost game one. It did not look good, but they came back with two amazing games. Yep. Their bullpen was fantastic. Well, that game last night, it was an all bullpen game for San Diego. I think they brought nine in pitchers in pitcher. nine innings. Yeah, they brought so, in a new pitcher for every single inning. Um they will they will get the the Dodgers though, so that's a tough matchup. But they matched up decently well against them in the regular season. Um, I think they were close to splitting, not hundred percent sure. But um, and as we know, the, I don't mind that matchup. The San Diego Padres are a momentum team. They have a lot of momentum on their side right now. They're a young team, and they play with a lot of energy. Yeah, I mean, Tatis looked really good. Um, Machado looked really good. Uh, you look at the big stars, um, Austin Nola. Yeah, great catcher. Eric looked Hosmer pretty, was hitting the ball. Looked pretty solid at the dish too. So I mean, that team I think is going to go pretty far. I think they give the Dodgers a tough time. I don't know if they win, but I definitely think. Oh, definitely pulling for them to win. But um, yeah, 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 I'm interested to see how that young team does against a more veteran, experienced, honestly, probably a little bit more talented roster in in the uh, down in LA. But I definitely wouldn't count the Padres out. I agree. Um, but going over some other series, Atlanta sweeps Cincinnati 2-0. Uh, Atlanta just looked like the better team. Their pitching was fantastic. Uh, they didn't let up a single run in either game. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything, anything else needs to be said. I mean, the, I mean they looked really good. Yeah. The Astros took out the Twins pretty easily. Astros took out the Twins. I think the, I think that was mostly experience that, that showed there. The Twins looked a little bit overmatched, to yeah. be honest with you. I didn't hear any garbage cans either, so I think that one – Legit. Might have been legit. I um, think it was legit. How about Miami? The Miami Marlins have swept the Chicago Cubs. I love to see it because anytime a division team can lose, so all three or all four of the NL Central teams are already out. Yeah, I mean that Cubs are out, Cardinals bit. are out, um, Reds are out, and the Brewers and out. the Brewers are out. So I mean that helps me feel a little bit better. But I love the fact that the Cubs lost. You know, I know we're supposed to be impartial, and hey, if they do well, I will give them credit where credit is due. But they played terrible, and I'm going to rip them for it. And as a Pirates fan, 
primarily, I'm going to let them know that they didn't look good. And I'm pretty happy that uh, Miami won. Yeah. Uh, moving on here. Oh, Oakland beat my team, the White Sox. The White Sox look really good in game one. And then they just completely lost it. And, Fell and, apart. In games two and three, so that kind of sucks. But I think they're re- really, really young team. Mm. Um, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with the next, you know, four or five years, though. Oh yeah, especially um, as they definitely mature. keep your eye on them. And as they get more pitching, and as their young pitching matures, mm. um, I mean, Michael Kopech still in their system. So, um, the Tampa Bay Rays have swept the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. They just looked like the better team. The Blue Jays looked overmatched. It looked way too young. I think the Rays are a very good contender for this season, honestly. Oh, I agree. They're the number one seed for a reason. Yeah. Um, but I think the I think the Blue Jays a lot um a lot like the White Sox need another year or two. Mm-hmm. Um the Yankees looked like the dominant team we thought they were. They sweep the Cleveland Indians, who I think kind of snuck in under the radar there. You know, they deal Kluber. They get rid of uh, Clevenger. They get rid of um, got, Bauer. They got rid of a lot of pieces. And then they still ended up being a, a pretty solid team. But I think uh, I think some of those holes just got a little bit exposed. Um, yeah, it was apparent where the holes were at. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, what else do we – I think that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do just want to give you guys some show updates too. Um, so we are going to – um, we kind of planned it out. We had some time to sit down and kind of talk about some of the segments we wanted to roll with. Um, so we are going to start ranking quarterbacks weekly in a hierarchy of quarterbacks that we're going to start doing here. Um, three categories, great, good, and average. Um, Anything below that, you guys can probably figure out yourself watching. Yeah, and who's in that. Yeah. Um, I'm pointing at you, Baker. But uh, <laughs> <clears throat> Baker. No, but uh, no, we definitely have a lot of really good segments coming up. Um, if you guys want, if any of you have a company or a business uh, that you want sponsored, uh, you can DM us on Instagram or Twitter. Let us know. We can work out uh, some promotions, and we are taking, um, you know, we're just taking suggestions right now. Yeah. So if anybody wants something promoted, you want to shout out on the show, uh, you want to sponsor a segment, or even be a studio sponsor, that is open right now as well. We have figured out all of our pricing points, so hit us up. Let us know. Uh, we have a lot of really good plans for the show, and I really think that the future of the show um, – is is pretty bright um but that's just about it for this first segment in the next segment we're going to be getting into all of our sunday predictions for the nfl so don't go anywhere yo what up we are back loaded <laughs> loaded still uh, laughing at that old trace mcsorley thing from tiktok there <laughs> i hate you know that all right um Let's just get into some football here, you know? Yeah, we got a lot to cover oh, here. so many games. It's going to be a really interesting Sunday, especially now we don't have two games. Yeah. We're not going to have the Chiefs and the uh, and the, the um, Patriots, and we're not going to have the Steelers and the, um, the, Titans. the Titans. We'll get to that, though, at the end. We're going to talk about our yeah. thoughts with that. We definitely have our thoughts on them postponing the games. Uh, um, but let's get into some scores now, yeah? Absolutely. So where do you want to start? Oh, we'll go Cleveland-Dallas. Um, I'm going to take Dallas. I'm going to take the points. They're favored by five and a half. I think Dak at home plays really well. He has over 105 pass rating at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his weapons. I don't like Cleveland's back end, and I don't like Cleveland to really – they're not like a – they're not made for shootouts. We see – we say it all the time, Baker's not made to throw 40 times a game. He's made yep. to throw 20 to 25 times a game yep. and run the football. And when that happens, um, it's tough to keep up with a team like Dallas who can score at will. I'm not saying Dallas has a bad offense. They have a really good offense. Yeah, and, I mean, we've seen Dak be able to put up the yards. I mean, the dude throws – No, yeah, it's forward. never been about stats. It's always 
for some reason they simply can't seem to win. Can't, you know, can't they just those yards into wins. Yeah, so I think that's the only problem. But I think that today or uh, or tomorrow it will convert to a win. Um, I like them at home. I like them against Cleveland. The over under fifty six. What are you taking? I'm going to take the under just because I don't think Cleveland's offense is going to keep up with Dallas. I think Dallas puts up 35 points, but I don't see Cleveland being able to put up that 20. I, I think it's like a I think it's like a 35 to 27 game. So that's over. Um. Yeah, yeah, that is over. Is I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to take the over. Okay, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the over. I, I do. I, I mean. Cleveland's going to be able to run the football pretty well, and I think that'll keep the ball out of Dak's hands a little bit, which is good. Which is that's what you want to do against a high-powered out of Baker's hands. No, 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 get out of Dak's hands because they're going to possess the football a lot, time of possession. That's what you want to do against an explosive offense. It'll also keep Baker from having the ball. Well, yeah, often too, dropping back is what I meant. Yeah, but I mean, it's going to keep it out of Dallas's offensive hands, which that's what you want to do when you're facing a high-powered offense. So I think that'll help. Uh I think once Dallas gets the ball, I don't think they're going to have trouble moving it down the field at all. No. Um. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take the over, and I'll take Dallas with the points. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota and Houston, the uh, the uh, matchup of 0-3 teams that really are probably too good to be 0-3. Um, yeah. Um, Minnesota's look terrible. Um, Houston's gonna, not even looked all that good. Uh, I don't even know who to take here. I, I would Houston's favored by three and a half. I'm going to take Houston. I'm going to take them to cover, and I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take Minnesota, but I am going to take the under as well. I just think I think Kirk Cousins is going to bounce back. That defense is not good for Houston. They're just not a good defense. Um, Minnesota's is terrible too, but I think it's slightly better, just slightly, ever so slightly, um, because I like their back end with the two safeties. Um, just not just two two rosters that just have depleted talent. Yeah, they do. from the last yeah. couple of years. They uh, really do. Just not a lot of talent in this game, but I do like that. I think the difference, honestly, is the running game. Minnesota. Uh, Houston has no running game. Deshaun leads the team in rushing by a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think he does. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. David Johnson leads it, but Deshaun is literally like two yards off. <laughs> so it's like, come on now. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we're split there, but that's will right. be intriguing. Um, New Orleans at Detroit. I, I like New Orleans. They're only favored by three. That's an, this is an interesting matchup. Um, huh. I don't know. What are you thinking? I like, I like New Orleans. If they can't show me, I like New week, Orleans. If, yeah. If, here's the thing: if they can't show me this week, the Drew Brees can, you know, not. If he can push the ball down the field and throw it to anyone other than Alvin Kamara thirteen times a game. Yeah, that then Alvin Kamara is literally the only reason why I'm still betting the Saints here. No, I agree. I agree. I think I think the Saints win. I like them to cover. I do like the under though because I don't think there's going to be a lot of points spread around in this game. No, the over under is at uh, fifty four and a half. Yeah, I'll take the under on that one as well. But I think it'll be close. I like the three point spread. Honestly, I think uh, it's going to be a really close game. I agree. Uh, we'll go to Seattle at Miami. Oh, don't even need too much of a prediction for this one. Uh, uh, uh. Be careful on this. This is the longest trip in the NFL. This is as far geographically as you could travel in the uh, in the NFL from Seattle all the way down to Miami in sticky weather. I like Seattle, but I do like Miami to cover that six points. Really? Seattle's favored by six points. I like Miami. I think this is a three point game. Really? Oh yeah. I don't know. I think Russell Wilson just goes up there and 
tears apart. Okay, well, think, let's think about it. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, when is he at his best? When he can just sit back and dissect a defense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, any veteran quarterback, if you give them time to throw, they're going to be able to dissect and The Seahawks you. don't have that much the Seahawks, pass have, Seahawks have no pass rush. Jamal Adams is going to be out, so they have really no one in the secondary, and they already had the 31st best secondary, or well, second worst, I guess. Yeah. So Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be able to put up some points. I think Russell Wilson will put up equal amount of points. I, I like Seattle to win. I think it's, I think this is very simply like a, like a 38, 34 game. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I like my Miami spread. I think that's just a very long trip and Seattle's had two very close games. That Patriots game, emotional roller coaster, that Dallas game, emotional roller coaster. Um, they've been two high effort, um, really emotional wins. And sometimes you can kind of be let down off that, especially when you travel as far as you possibly can for the NFL. Um, I still like them to win because they're just a better team. But I do like Miami to cover that. Yeah, they're a better team with a better quarterback with better weapons, even though they don't have that many. Yeah, I like I like the over. I like the over as well on the the 54.5. No, I definitely think it's going to be a shootout, but I don't think that Fitzpatrick's going to be able to keep up with with Russell Wilson in the shootout. No, I agree, yeah. Um, Arizona at Carolina. Let's see. Arizona is favored by three and a half. Mm-hmm. And I like Arizona and I like the points. And here's why I like the points. Carolina's defense isn't good. Arizona's offense is very good. <laughs> um, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenyon Drake, Kyler Murray, um, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk. I like them all. Uh, I like all their weapons. As simple as that. And I, I think Carolina – their offense is built for more of a safe um, type of thing, especially without Christian McCaffrey. They're built for more dink and dunk it at the DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, kind of let them work a little bit. Um, but that's going to be tough to to keep up with Kyler with that style of offense. Yeah, I like Arizona to cover. I think it's a, I think it's only like a four or five point game. I'm not saying they blow them out of the water, but I think three and a half is a little bit close to say that Carolina is going to cover that. Yeah. Um, I definitely like Arizona to win this game. I like the over. Um, you like the over on 51 and a half? I do. I do too. As, uh, I don't think either defense is particularly good. No, that's the thing. I, I mean, don't think Teddy Bridgewater and them are going to put up an insane amount of points, but I think they're no. going to put up enough points. I mean, Listen, look at look at their both coaches are very offensively talented. Matt Rule, great offensive coach, and obviously Cliff Kingsbury. Everyone knows he's a great offensive coach at Texas Tech and in the pros. Um, I think Arizona – Puts up over thirty points, so that leaves Carolina, Carolina put up twenty one. I like 21. them to put up twenty one. And I, honestly, I think Arizona will probably end up putting up thirty five, maybe in the higher thirties against a terrible defense like Carolina and yeah, with I all agree. the weapons they do have. Yeah. So I'm going to take the over on Arizona and Carolina. All right, this is going to be a funny one here. We're going to get to the the Giants at the Rams. Oh God. The Rams are favored by 13 and a half. I like them to cover that. Yeah. I think this is a three touchdown game, and I don't even think it's that close. No. Um, the Giants lost by like 30 something to uh, the backups for San Francisco. So I think with Jared Goff and all that offensive talent, I think that um, that LA could play soccer out there and still find a way to win <laughs> with a completely different set of rules. It's that bad. Yeah. Um, um, they could they could be playing rugby and they would still win by more than three touchdowns. Yeah. Um, over under is forty eight. To be honest with you, I like the under. I don't think I like going. the under. And here's why: I think once LA gets up to like thirty five, they're going to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. I think they score like thirty eight, and I don't even like I don't even like the Giants to score ten. No, that's the thing. I think maybe the Giants kick a field goal or two, and that's I, probably about the extent. Six, maybe nine points. It's time to move off of Daniel Jones. 
It's time to move off. It's time to move off their coach, too. Joe Judd looks terrible. Yeah. Um, all right, Baltimore at Washington. Baltimore's favored by 14. Uh, that's a really, really large spread, especially for uh, a front five for Washington. That's really, really good. Really, really fast, too, against Lamar, who can obviously run. Everyone knows that. And I think they're going to be able to contain Lamar a little bit in the run game. I like Baltimore, obviously. But I don't think I don't think that Baltimore covers that fourteen point spread. I like Washington to get within fourteen points. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a thirteen point game, maybe ten point game. But yeah. I, I think it's more like a thirty eight twenty seven type of game. No, I feel that. Um, okay. I like the over though. What the over's forty five and a half. Forty five. Okay, on Fox Press forty five. Yeah. Um, I like the Ravens, obviously. Like you said, that 14 is a little much, especially when you look at, like you said, the pass rush. And I do think they're going to be able to contain Lamar. Uh, Lamar struggled against the Steelers, who had a really good pass rush last year. I think Washington has a really good pass rush this year. I like him maybe to win by a touchdown, maybe 10 points if they get real lucky and and can steal that. I I think Washington has a decent defense, and I think Dwayne Haskins isn't that bad. I mean, yeah, he makes some mistakes, but I think he's still learning. He's still growing. Well, I guess this Baltimore defense, his mistakes will be amplified. Oh, I agree, but um, I just think 14 is a pretty large spread for that. It really is. Um, All right, we'll go Indianapolis at Chicago. I Indianapolis is favored by two and a half. Yeah, Fox bets three. So, we'll yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, Same thing. I like Chicago. I think Chicago wins by three. I like the under. I'm going to go with Indianapolis. They were my team from the get-go. I know they lost the Jaguars, but let's not look too, too much into that. I still think they're a good team. I just think Chicago, yeah, Nick Foles is great, but he's got that so much inconsistency. Um, I like him to be off, you know, on Sunday uh, against a pretty decent Colts um, Colts defense. Yeah, I, I'll take Indianapolis. I'll take them to cover the three-point spread. I think it's going to be like a four-point game. I'm going to take the under, though. I think it's like a 21-17 type of game. Yeah, I definitely think it's really close, but I'm going to take Chicago, and they're going to win by a field goal. Um, All right, we'll move to uh, Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> this will be a fun game to watch, huh? Burrow's going to get his first win. Cincinnati's favored by two and a half. I agree because, I do. they were really, really close against the Eagles, who I think are a much better team than the Jaguars, even with their, their quarterback issues right now. Yep. I mean, I like Gardner Minshew, but I think Joe Burr really shows out. I, I really he think he too. does. Even with a like a non-existent offensive line, I think Joe Burrow wins this game. The over/under is forty-nine and a half. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under as well. Uh, I think Cincinnati also covers the two and a half point spread. I think it's a three-point game. Yeah, not by much. They don't cover, but they. I think they will. Yeah, um, that's about all that needs to be said there. I mean, I'm excited to watch that game. Honestly, yeah, I, I'm. I'm actually kind of excited to watch. I want to see how uh, Burrow does. Um, I will right, we'll go to the L.A. Chargers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like Tom Brady. Um, the spread is seven. To be honest with you, I like him to cover it. I yeah. do. Uh, I really do. Um, I just think Justin Herbert's going to be overwhelmed. That Tampa Bay defense is so uh, overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. They're underrated uh, by a lot. Devin White and Levante David are probably the best linebacking duo in the league. Like inside linebacking duo. They are duo. really good. It's They're, that they're the best too. inside linebacking duo in the league. They shut down the run, and they take away that option for Justin Herbert to get out and scramble. And they are just both so fast. They can cover pretty much any position on the field. Yeah. I mean, Levante David runs like like a four four forty. It's insane, you know. Which is nice because you have you're going up against a tight end like Hunter Henry. You're going to be able to put 
one of those interior linebackers on. That's him why I'm not starting Hunter Henry this week. Cover him pretty well. You're not starting yeah. him? No, I'm not starting him this week in fantasy. I'm starting Zach Ertz because um, a lot of the weapons are hurt for Carson Wentz and Dallas Goddard. The other tight ends hurt. So Zach Ertz is going to be a big, big weapon for Philly. But yeah. um, I, I, I like Tampa to cover. Like I said, I think that defense is really going to is going to limit Justin Herbert. Todd Bowles is a really good defensive coordinator. Um, the over-under is 42 and a half. What do you think? I like the over. I think this is going to be more of a 28-21 game, and that will push it over that 42 uh, over-under there. I definitely like Brady to put up points. I mean, he's got the weapons. Um, I like Tampa Bay. I like Tampa Bay by seven. So, All right, all right. Um Let's go to Buffalo at Las Vegas, the Raiders. Um, Buffalo is favored by three and a half. If this was like, you know, the normal black hole Raiders, you know, crazy crowd, I would take um, the Raiders probably because it's a far trip for Buffalo, but I'm liking Buffalo. It's basically a neutral site. Josh Allen's going to be able to sit there and, and dissect that defense, which isn't good to begin with. But two very high-powered offenses, so I do like the over on 53, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I think even with a good defense, uh, Buffalo's good defense is really good. I still think Las Vegas is going to put up enough points. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Buffalo to cover the three and a half, though. Yeah, so do I. Uh, I really like Josh Allen. Um, he's a guy that I've been pretty high on here these past, uh, especially two weeks. Um I definitely think he puts up the points. I like the over on this game. I think both offenses, you have a good quarterback in Derek Carr. You have, a, I've, I'd say, a very good quarterback in Josh Allen. I mean, this year so far he's been great. Yes. I, I, I uh, hesitate using the term great because I feel like that's – great is, like, good for a long time. Yeah. But so far this year he has been exceptional. He's yeah. been Fantastic. If you look at just this season, yes. Yes, he's been great this season. Yeah. Um, and that's how we're going to do our quarterback yeah. rankings on Monday. Yeah, we're going to base it off just this season. Just this not, season. not long-term, not going forward, nothing. Just right. just this season as of now. So make sure so. you remember that when you see our quarterback ranking graphic up on Monday. Because, yeah, because uh, obviously, yes, Brady's the number one greatest quarterback in the league right now, okay? Yeah. But right now he's not, you know? Yeah. Um, let's move down to Philadelphia at San Francisco. Hmm. This is San Fran's one. favored by seven. There's no way. No, I think the Eagles. They cover game. that. The I don't think the Eagles win. I do, but I do think the Eagles cover that seven point spread. That's that is insulting to Doug Peterson, who's a fantastic coach. He can coach the team to get within seven. Yep. I mean, do you need me to read you the the entries on the San Francisco team? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jordan Reed, Raheem Mostert. Uh, look at this. D Ford. D Ford. Um, Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel, Tavon Austin. <laughs> I like the Eagles. That's all I need to say. Yeah, but if you want to look at the the Eagles, uh, go IR report. Let's click on the Eagles here. You want to look at the Eagles IR report here? It ain't yeah. better. Alshon Jeffrey, JJ Arcega, Whiteside, Deshaun Jackson, Avante Maddox, Jalen Rieger, Dallas Goddard, um, Vinny Curry. Okay, so let's let's point out all the actual starters. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, set, oh, eight, eight starters. Eight starters are out. Yeah. They I mean, had, these are two really banged up teams. Do you guys want to know the only healthy receiver technically on the roster? Yeah, a, Greg Ward. That's unfortunate. Yeah. They, they had to, um, but they bring up a couple of guys from the practice squad. They still got Ertz though. I just I, I like San Fran to win, but I like Philly to cover. I think Carson Wentz figures it out a little bit because that, that front, um, 
that front four of San Fran isn't what it was um, last year. And it, it's not, it's not, not the same. They have a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like Carson Wentz to be a little bit more comfortable and, and be able to little be able to be a little bit better. Um, but I still like San Fran to win. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like Philadelphia. I like Philadelphia by a field goal, and I'm going to take the under because both of these teams are just so beat up. Right yeah, now. I like the under as well. Yeah. Um, Who do we want to go to next? Do we want to? That's it. Is that it? I mean, yeah, we are missing those two games. We can talk about that now. Yeah. So here's my thoughts, guys. And uh, so I mean, I've talked to you about it. Anyway, we'll, we'll start here. So Pittsburgh and Tennessee was postponed earlier this week because Tennessee had some guys test positive, but they had guys test positive at the what was it? I think it was Monday. Yeah, it was literally yeah, Tuesday. It was on Tuesday when that came out. That's the okay, beginning so of the week. They had a almost a whole week. They had five days to get it figured out. And guys, if if you don't know, uh, NFL stars and their COVID tests. Don't take as long as your two to three day test that you take to come back, right? No, it takes guys, like a couple hours. It's rapid tests that they have, right? So if you have guys testing positive in the beginning of the week, isolate them, figure out who you still have, and let's freaking play. Listen, Roethlisberger was really upset. He, um, in an interview, said, listen, the NFL briefed us at the beginning of the season. They said, if you are if you test positive, well – then you're going to sit for that week and you're not going to be able to play until you test negative, right? So why are they treating it any different than a knee injury or any type of bodily injury that you typically see? I mean, I agree from a, from a game standpoint. Yeah. I agree with you that, that it should be treated like that. Now, obviously off the field, I'm not saying you should treat it like a knee injury. He's got to be the, whoever right. tests positive has to be quarantined away from the team. But if you're doing all those protocols, correct, why would you not be able to play the game? Mm-hmm. That's terrible. So now for Tennessee being completely negligent and completely idiotic in their in whatever they're doing, they're now able to somehow get it postponed and give them a fighting chance Yeah. whenever we play them again. That's incredibly disheartening. Um, it, it, the NFL is doing this all wrong, all wrong. There should be a certain percentage of people that need to test positive for you to, for you to postpone that game. Mm-hmm. Out of a 53-man roster, I would say if 12 test positive, that's that's the cutoff, which I think – 16 have now tested positive on – Yeah, but I think a lot of them have been staffed, though. Yeah. I'm talking players. You have to have – I think I, – I personally, I would like to see 12 to 13 players test positive for you to be able to postpone that game. Right. Um. So maybe that that is what happened, but I think it's yeah. – Or at least a percentage of your starters, I would say. Yeah, if you have some dude that, from the practice squad that stands on the sideline to test positive, I'm not counting that. I'm sorry, but listen to me. If you're not, if you aren't playing in the game, if you aren't making an impact on Sunday, Thursday, or Monday, whenever your game is going to be played, if you're not playing in it and you test positive, it doesn't really matter that much. Obviously, hope for the speedy recovery for you, but listen, it doesn't matter when it comes down I to agree. if you're going to play the game or not, especially when. When Tennessee tests all all these tested positives so early in the week, you had so much time to get this figured out. I mean, Tennessee, that's an embarrassment. You had so much time to get this figured out. I think it's different for New Orleans, uh, New England, and and Kansas City. Cam just tested positive. At the very end, I still think some something needs to be fixed there. You got to be more careful. But I mean, then again, it is one positive test. Okay, I can't fault one. It's one positive test. Okay, it's, it happens. You know. Uh, but this late in the week, I, I agree that you have to postpone it a little bit. 
and I think they're going to shoot for Monday or Tuesday. Um, but when when Tennessee tests positive on a Tuesday, and you can't figure it out by Sunday, that's an embarrassment to not only NFL but Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't speak on uh, Tennessee and what they are doing down there, but obviously it's not what the rest of the league is doing because if you look around, uh, only Cam Newton is is tested positive. Um, But I do want to read this here. It's a statement from the NFL on the Steelers' schedule being adjusted. So the Steelers-Titans are rescheduled for Week 7, and that also bumps the Steelers-Ravens to Week 8. So the Pittsburgh Steelers at Tennessee Titans was originally scheduled for week four on Sunday, October 4th, has been rescheduled for week seven on Sunday, October 25th. The Steelers and Ravens will move from week seven to week eight, and the Steelers and Titans now have their bye week in week four, um, and the Ravens bye was originally set for week eight, will now be in week seven. So I wonder what they're going to do with the Ravens bye week then. Because that was supposed to be their bye week. We were both supposed to have a bye week week eight. Yeah, so it will be week seven. The Ravens' bye week is moved to week seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And that's when we would play the Titans. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So now we have to play the Titans and then the Ravens back-to-back, and both of them are pretty Well, now they're screwed this over because we get an early bye week when we don't need a bye week. No. We, we would much rather have that midway or later in the season, and now we get a bye week week, what, four? No one cares. That's so, a terrible yeah. bye week. Thanks, Tennessee. Uh, Memphis, wow. Yeah, they've now um, just become my least favorite team in the league. And um, Listen, if you can get through Memphis I like, without your hubcap, with your hubcap yeah. still on, you're in good business. I like, I like Mike Rabel, but he's got to figure it out there. Ryan Tannehill is a limited quarterback. I don't like that team in general. And they just, you know, confirm my belief that they're a sloppy organization, and they need to figure it out. Because this is abysmal. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, um, all right. You you want to get to a little bit of college football? We still have some time left. And, yeah, we've uh, got about seven minutes to bang through some of these top games here at least. In, all right. In well, right game. now Texas is in a dogfight with TCU. They are up 29-26 with the football with about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. We might have to go and toss this game on. 24-23. Pitt is down one with five minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Almost six minutes down to play. But they do have yeah. the football against NC State. Yeah. Um, Florida yeah. is going to win against South Carolina. They have like 40 seconds left. They are up by 14 down in the swamp. Um, Tennessee continues to look actually pretty good. They beat uh, Missouri 35-12. to Not that Missouri is a great football team, but, you know. Um, and then an intriguing matchup at three thirty. You know it's insane. What's that? Alabama ranked number two is going to play a thirteen ranked Texas A and M team, and they're still favored by eighteen points. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's just Alabama for you, though. Favored by eighteen points. Yeah. Um, I like Alabama to win. I'm not even going to get into overrunners in college football because it's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, betting college football is like a like a like a death sentence. Um, yeah. if you're trying to go broke, go for it. Um. Dude, yeah, I'm excited for that Auburn-Georgia game. Auburn-Georgia is going to be a fantastic game. That's a 7.30 game tonight. Um, Georgia's favored by 7.5, which is still crazy. That's why the spreads in college football are crazy. 7.5. Auburn's yeah. ranked 7th, and they're favored by over a touchdown. I mean, I'm looking at this one here. Uh, Ole Miss and Kentucky play today at 4, and they're both 0-1, and, and Kentucky is favored by 7 against Ole Miss. I like Kentucky to win that game, but I don't think he wins by seven. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy. Um, let's go here. UNC and Boston there College. There we go. Yeah. Um, this game will be at Boston College. It's not in Chapel Hill, like you said. Oh. You lied to me. Wow, I was wrong. Um, UNC is favored by fourteen and a half. I like. Uh, I don't usually, like. I said I don't usually get into over unders and covering stuff. I like Boston College to cover. I think Phil is going to look good. Our boy Phil Dracovic. I think he's going to look really good. That's a really um, good defense, too. It's a very, very good defense. I think Phil needs to run the football more. 
Um, Boston College is last in the ACC with only 85 um, rushing yards a game. He's looked really robotic in his first two starts. I think a little bit. I think he needs to be a little more fluid. And I've seen Phil B incredibly fluid before. I think he needs to get back to that. Just get more comfortable, man. I mean, he's he's clearly got the talent, and I think he's got to use the legs a little bit more. But I think he'll be fine. I think maybe they don't win, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a a moral victory for Boston College. I think they're going to hang around way longer than UNC wants them to. And I think they're going to give them a run for their money, and I really wouldn't be surprised if they upset them. Yeah. Um, um, Clemson and Virginia, you want to see a big spread there. Clemson's favored by 28. Yeah, they're going to cover it, too. Yeah, they will. Um, LSU at Vandy, another big spread. Uh, LSU's favored by 21. like them to cover that as well. UFC favored by uh, 21 over Tulsa. like them to cover that. Mississippi State favored by 16.5 over Arkansas. like them to cover that. Pitts in the red zone. Oh, good to see. Good to see. Um, oh, Oklahoma now dropped all the way down to 18. That's brutal. Um, they're favored by seven against Iowa State. I like them to cover. Um, Oklahoma State favored by 21 and a half against Kansas. Like them to cover as well. And Cincinnati favored by 22 and a half over USF. I don't like them to cover. I like uh, UC or USF to cover that. Get within 22 and a half. Yep. And your power five by teams this week: Georgia Tech, Louisville, Miami. Um, that's Miami, Florida, and. Notre Dame and as well as Syracuse, all yeah. those teams on a bye this yeah, week. Yeah, guy who said Trevor Lawrence or the guy, their guy is as good as Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, uh, what's funny. his name? I can't uh, even, I don't even remember. And that just goes to prove that. Yeah, but uh, I mean that's just about all we have for you guys today. Uh, go back in the episode, listen to us cover our Monday thoughts on Mahomes and Lamar. Um, our Thursday night. Uh, coverage we covered that game too not much to look into there with the jets and the broncos but we did uh, a little coverage on the mlb postseason and then obviously our sunday predictions which were in this segment so guys make sure you go to our instagram at the underscore issue podcast our twitter at the issue podcast um send us some messages uh use the voice messages on anchor you can find our anchor website in our bio of our twitter um So, yeah, go on, interact. Let us know your thoughts, what you want to hear. And uh, until next time, that is The Issue.